My thoughts on the trajectory of pickleball kind of changed by the month. <laughs> I uh, see. Um, yeah. And uh, so I, to me, the biggest question mark is, is Major League Pickleball, is the PPA Tour, are those mainstay spectator sports? Can they become, can the PPA Tour become the next PGA Tour? Here we are today again at the Future of Pickleball, the podcast that will talk about the future of where the sport is going. We know it's hot. We know the celebrities are coming in. Now we're bringing in the movers and shakers that are going to make this sport go places and talk to them. Today we're starting off with a very, very interesting guy. Thomas Shields from The Dink has been one of the earliest, most successful podcasters, content creators. He's a guy that's making things happen in the sport that has helped a lot of ways. We want to hear from him today what his thoughts are. Welcome. It's great to be here. Good, good. First, with all my guests, as we always need to do, give me a little bit of an idea as to, as to what was your pickleball journey that got you here today? Where did you begin? Good question. I probably started playing six years ago, very casually. So I come from a tennis family, okay. a lot of college tennis players. My uncle runs a tennis business. We grew up doing tennis lessons together. Eventually everybody got old, we stopped playing tennis. Then they put pickleball courts down in Florida where my family goes. And I think our grandpa probably convinced us to go over one day. And so we played maybe for three, four years without thinking about it. Only when we were down there like once a year, right, yeah. with the family. Eventually, uh, somehow pickleball got its hooks into my dad. He built a court. And around that time, I was kind of thinking, you know, I was working full time in New York. I was like, you know, I'd like to start a business, create something small on the side, see if I could flip it, see if I could do it. Right. So I chose pickleball because it was proximate to me at the time. My family was getting really into it. I started playing, started writing about it, learning about the game. And fast forward two years, you know, here we are. And, uh, you know, we, we like to think of ourselves as the the ESPN of, of pickleball, but it just started as like, you know, playing a game with my family when we were together once a year. So now as you, in, in most of the entrepreneurs that are in the pickleball space today, they went through some sort of a, of a change or an epiphany where they began to see it from something that was um, small, modest, um, reserved, that, that, oh, there's maybe some legs to this thing. Pickleball there's maybe itself. some pickleball itself. Yeah. Have you had that moment or? Sure. Yeah, probably like a few different times. So, uh, you know, when I first got into it, the only place you could find pickleball information was Pickleball Forum on Facebook. Sure. So I spent all my time in there, and that's basically where we got our information. And we would just repackage it, and we'd, we'd basically, we'd summarize it. Then eventually, as, you know, we launched the newsletter and we started to do some other things, we started to see more social media accounts pop up, um, more newsletters pop up, maybe more people blogging. So there was this slow build of, of momentum. And then I would say it, it kind of started to become a thing where the more, like anytime I would see an old friend who I hadn't talked to in a while, they're like, I just played pickleball for the first time, right? <laughs> yep. and you start hearing that over and over and yep. over again. And uh, then I would say, you know, really what the PPA started to do, where um, they seem to start being recognized more and more by 
I would say like formal media outlets. Um, and then I would just say like, you know, courts themselves were just popping up everywhere, right? Right. I mean, everywhere you went, it was like there's a new pickleball court being put in. So that's different, right? I, so I, I think that was sort of the, the like ground level wave minus the PPA. And then we also started to see the, the more professional wave too, the recognition from an ESPN sports center putting a highlight up there, right? Um, and now even more so with all the, the celebrities coming in, right? So I would say there's been like two moments where I've seen pickleball has really created like a, well, they've just sort of made a statement that, hey, we're, we're a serious sport and we're here to stay. We're not a fad. Cool. And when I first got in the sport, I would say I definitely didn't think it was going to be that. I thought it would just be kind of like the, the all of us, thing all of us that came from tennis backgrounds, all thought yeah. it was going to be the, the fad. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you know, I think there's still people that say that. And fewer and fewer. To a degree, I think you know there there could be some truth to that, right? Like there could be a little bit of a, a bubble with all the buzz that's happening right now. I mean, how long will pickleball dominate the headlines like it has? So even if it is successful, will it still be able to command the attention? that it has recently with Kevin Durant, Tom Brady, all, you know, the list goes on, right? Well, I'll tell you, actually, part of the reason that I do this podcast is I personally spent 40 years in the sporting goods industry, and I worked with a tremendous number of the emerging sports that came, grew, expanded, blew mm -hmm. up, and some of them blew away. Mm -hmm. I think that we're possibly going to have far more traction than anything that's ever happened because of this unique eight to 80 demographic mm -hmm. that we, we have a sport. I'm not a kid. I've got kids older than you are. I could play, I can play with my grandchildren mm -hmm. and I can play well. So I think we've got some unique characteristics that I think we haven't even begun yeah. to, to, to bubble us. I did want to ask you something. I, I want you to explain a little bit about what the dink is and what you're doing yeah. currently. That'd be a good place to start, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think of the dink as, as a, a publication. So we publish a newsletter three times per week. Uh, and that's really for like the pickleball enthusiast. So instructional, the latest on the pro tour, any major headlines, and really just contextualizing it and adding a narrative. We have a fun voice. I think people really like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. They feel like they're our friend when they read it. Now we also have a blog that serves more like um, like uh, an ESPN, if you will, right? Where we're writing about the latest happenings, uh, we're also doing instructional tips and stuff like that. Um, but anything that we think is important that's happening within pickleball, we're gonna get we're gonna do a deep dive and we're gonna throw something up on our uh, on our website. Right? We also have our, our two podcasts. So we have Picklepod, um, which I hosted with Tyson Apostle. Um, we're kind of thinking about okay, what are we gonna what's the future of Picklepod? I'm I don't love to host a podcast myself. Um, but we have a great listenership and I think people liked it. So I think that'll That'll come back in one form or another. And we have our second podcast, which is hosted by Adam Stone and Rob Nunnery, two veterans of the game. Uh, and uh, that one has been growing pretty rapidly and really uh, getting a lot of attention lately. So we're excited about that. Um, and then beyond that, we just have all sorts of social media where we're publishing you know, 10 pieces of content on each channel a day, right? So Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, uh, YouTube, you name it. And really, it's just kind of like capturing the culture that is pickleball. Uh, and I think um, one of the things that I noticed when I came into the sport is there was no Instagram accounts. Today, it's like 
everybody's got a pickleball Instagram account. Yep. Yeah. And that's just a testament to the passion and, um, again, that kind of like ground level growth, particularly in younger demographics. So I'm going to tell you guys, the dink is where I get my information from. They really are. Go. They are the source. <laughs> um, I, I follow all of the podcasts and I yeah. follow all of the um, all of the personalities in the sport, just trying to stay current myself. Mm -hmm you guys have done the best job of providing news to the, and now I'm to the point, I used to be the guy that had all the news first. Right. I'm not anymore because <laughs> you're out there. So I, I think you're doing a great job in yeah. that. And those are the kind of things that really intrigue me. Um, you're obviously of an age and, and where social media and this whole digital world, that's really the thing that I want to kind of explore a little bit because I think that's what the big difference maker is. I have... I have many friends of mine that are from long-term uh, careers in sports and sports marketing and sports management, but that's different than the way things are today. Sure. And so that's really, um, so in those things, so you're really, the Dink is virtually a media group or a media mm -hmm. company. Yeah. And so is there, is there, as you're going forward, one of the things that I try and get my guests to kind of show their soul on a little bit, if you will, is... Two years down the road, four years down the road, you're so tapped and so connected in the PPA, in the MLP. You're the spokesman at many of these events and these things. So you're really in the thick of it. What do you think is going to happen here in the next few years? For the dink specifically? Well, or really as for the dink, let's do it first for the dink. And then I'd like to talk about the sport in general. Yeah, for, for the dink, we just want to continue to grow our audience and do exactly what we've been doing. Um, that's pretty much the answer there. Cool. I cool. think we're in a great position and, and we're able to just kind of ride the wave and continue to tell the story of pickleball and be on top of it, like you said. Uh, and again, contextualize it so people can really wrap their head around it and digest it. Now, in the, in the idea now, then just to jump back to the idea of, of where the sport of pickleball, with the piece that you're playing in it is a big piece. Yeah. I know that you're, you've, because you've been so connected with so many of the pros, you're, you've had an opportunity to interview endless numbers of them. You're, you're working with the, with the major players on MLP side and on the PPA side. Is there anything that you're gathering in that environment that kind of can forecast where what things we might see in the future? No. <laughs> I mean, I, I think like everybody has their opinion and, and my, my, uh, my thoughts on the trajectory of pickleball kind of change by the month. <laughs> I see. Um, yeah. And uh, so I, to me, the biggest question mark is, is Major League Pickleball, is the PPA Tour, are those mainstay spectator sports can they become can the ppa tour become the next pga tour yeah can major league pickleball become the next you know major league baseball could you ever get to major league maybe not but could it how far can it go toward that and, and what do you see in that so so we're obviously a participation sport at the moment what do you yeah the bit the bit so the biggest question mark is does it have the appeal to draw viewership not only from pickleballers, because a certain percentage of people that play pickleball are going to tune in because they want to get better. They want to see what the pros are doing. Sure. But can you have the appeal of a PGA Tour where, and maybe PGA Tour isn't a great example, but maybe let's go to the NFL, for example. I would say, what, 80% of the people that watch football have never played football? Sure. Right? 
there's something about it. They do a great job with the narratives. They have really compelling people. They have amazing athletes. And they put on a spectacle that brings in people from outside of football. Can, can pickleball do that? Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest challenge. Yeah. And so really the problem they're solving for is viewership right now. Can they get people to, to tune in? And uh, I think we'll see that really play out here over the next five years. Cool. Yeah. So that, and and I think I think there are some of the other visionaries that I've talked to in the sport. You know, we're we're in this distillation process yet. We're 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 still in the unknowns. And I've been involved in the sport pretty deeply for over a decade. And mm-hmm. so I'm really kind of old school from the beginning. And in pickleball years, that's like a that's a century. That's a guy my age. <laughs> But it is, uh, it is, it's, it's been interesting. Having come from a sports background, I was, I was gravitated towards it. And having been a, a serious level tennis player for my entire life, was the was the inexpensive access is everything. I grew up in an environment where I didn't come from a lot of money, but I was very fortunate that I was able to be involved in tennis at a high level as a junior and a high level junior very early in my life and then go on. Most kids don't get that opportunity. We can have that in pickleball, as you see, and we talk about the pro side, what do you see in terms of the dink and your own mindset in terms of where you see the the general consumer, the general players, the three O's, the three fives? How do you see that playing into your business model? Yeah, Uh, that's a a good question because it's something we've been thinking about a lot. Um, we're trying to create content now for the casual player, somebody who doesn't really care about what's happening on the, the pro tours. Right. Um, so one way we've been doing that is really upping our instructional content on our blog specifically. Um, so everything from, hey, what, what paddle do I buy to, you know, what, what's stacking, right? Sure. Um, so just trying to appeal more to the everyday player that's not necessarily like the pickleball nerd. Right, right, right. Well, we, though our, our pickleball nerdism is getting to be pretty distinctive. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. The the uh, uh, one of the questions that I've got on my on my things that I want to chat to you about is because of your knowledge and your background and what you've demonstrated in the digital space, how do you see the current position between digital and streaming services and classic TV in terms of exposure for the sport? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think any whatever the next big sport is. I don't think it's going to exist on cable like you know we we once saw. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's it is going to exist on streaming platforms. I think um, one of the you know sometimes I mix up this information, but somebody just um, it was one of the tours. Part of their deal was X amount of streaming hours on uh, Amazon Prime, right? Prime Video. Yeah. So I think that's really the the way it's going to move. And then for the tours, the heavy lift is. How do you drive people to go tune into that? So it's really not that different. It's just kind of housing it in a, in a different space. So to, yeah, it is more, I guess, digital, if you will, but it's still the same thing as putting it on a TV. You've got to get people to go watch it then. The difference is, you know, once upon a time, you sat in your living room and whatever was on the TV, that's what the country was watching. Right. That's not the case anymore. You have to figure out a way and probably a lot through social media to get people to care about these players and want to tune in and understand the importance of these events, what's on the line, and you know, really make them just care. And do you think that the, some of the caring will come as our sport develops player personalities, yeah, player, I, player everybody images? Everybody says that. It's, it's sort of like 
the low hanging fruit talking point for what's one of the things pro pickleball needs to solve. It's like, well, yeah, they need to build narratives. They need to build the stories. And when you look at the players, there's some really interesting personalities with some really interesting backstories. So you just need to figure out what's the best way to uh, capture that, create an engaging narrative, package it into a digital product, and then get that in front of people. You know, I think people like Steve Kuhn likes to point to the F1 uh, Netflix documentary that changed F1. Right. Um, so Pickleball needs to find its version of that. And I'm not saying it's a documentary, but it is a way that, you know, you tell the stories of these players so that people end up uh, resonating with them and then caring that they win and, and wanting to root for somebody. Cool. As a young executive in this space of pickleball right now today, if you could spin your little magic ball, what, what would you like to see you and your company doing? Where would you like to be three to five years from now? Well, uh, we're going to be we're going to be launching a, a couple different things. So we're going to be doing some instructional courses. Uh, and then we are going to be spinning up a, a pretty cool clothing brand I think will be interesting. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it won't be under the, the Dink name, but it will be closely aligned. So I'm excited about that. So maybe a, a long-term goal would be, you know, when I do go play at the, the local court, you know, somebody's rocking that gear, right? Get the merch. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that'll be really cool. But beyond that, it's, you know, just continue to be the the pulse of pickleball. That's what we want to be. Cool.